Hello and welcome to the AEW review on Wrestling Headlines. My name is Matt Mayer, aka Imp, and I am joined by James Boyd. I'm not doing any faffing about tonight. <laughs> James Boyd, how are you doing? I am doing a lot better than that show I watched. Um, <laughs> yikes. Mm. Uh, yikes. This is it's, it's, it's weird because this is dynamite. This is the this is normally the review where we just all chip her and oh wasn't that amazing wasn't that amazing uh, this is the tone I have with raw reviews <laughs> it's like oh let's get this thing out of the way so we can just talk about the next thing I want to get out of the way maybe this one thing's good <laughs> it's like no like, like I was saying before before we came on air that I was looking at my notes going well no a lot still happened but it there was something off about the entire show really and for me I, I was picking up on I thought it was very weirdly paced. They had, they were like the opening segment. I didn't feel like pulled you into the show. Then there were like too many, which kind of felt a little bit similar. Then the kind of building to the main event felt a very good building character, but not like massive, not massively interesting to draw you in or anything. Like if I was to critique it, I was like, oh, stuff still happened. It doesn't mean it was the most interesting thing in the world, but. I'm getting notes from it. So if I was to critique it, I'm like, well, not, I, didn't, I can't say nothing happened, but it doesn't mean it was interesting or pulled me in. Uh, but anyway, James, before we get into talking about the debut of Bodie King, just first off, what did you make of this episode of AEW Dynamite? The first uh, review for us of the year for Dynamite. Oh, man. Um, a lot of mediocre wrestling. Um, <laughs> I, I would say, quite frankly, there was only one good match on the entire card. Um, I know people like the CM Punk and Wardlow match more than me, but um, while watching, I was like, you know, because I'm, I'm sure this came to your mind. I'm sure this came to a lot of people's mind. I, like, I didn't watch. Uh, I was unspoiled. I didn't watch finish watching the show until probably, like, 15 minutes ago. Hmm. But watching, I was like, oh, he's doing he's doing Diesel, Bret Hart, 90, 95 <laughs> Survivor Series, where, like, Diesel whoops his ass for, like, 85% of the match, and at the end, you know, goes for the Jack Knight Powerbomb. Uh, schoolboy or inside or uh, you know ins inside cradle for the win or not schoolboy but you know what I'm saying like a, mm. a small package for the win and like does that will happen except like the Brett and Diesel match was way better than this um, so it is what it is uh, and, and when I was a kid like I hated that match oh. uh, so like <laughs> I, I think people like that match a lot more than I did um, so like I'm, I'm thinking in my mind like he's he's doing that's that what he's doing and then sure enough he did it and I was like oh and this match wasn't even as good as a match I didn't even like back in when I was a kid so I was like Okay, whatever. Um, it furthers it furthers the the uh, the Warlow thing. Um, oh. But I, I, I after watching that, I was like, you were better off just not even doing a match. If if the whole idea was like we have to keep uh, Warlow really strong, and it's really funny saying that when we have uh, CM Punk involved, we got to keep him really strong. But you're going to win at the end. Um, so uh, you know. Just and then you know once you go through like uh, the, the 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 really quick non-match or match that wasn't really a match between Deeb and Sheeta, mm. um, the uh, the the powerhouse Hobbs and uh, Dante Martin, it was okay. Uh, and uh, then you get the Bear Country versus the Acclaimed. I don't know who was asking for that match on national television, but whatever. Um, Garcia and Guevara, like I like that match a lot. Um, I just think that it, it, you know, but the sub, or it was really more of a subplot for whatever they're going to do between um, Jericho and Kingston, which has uh, been unfortunate, but, you know, 
Sometimes, sometimes cruiserweights got to go out there, and you know, and six has to go out there and wrestle. And during that time, everything's about Hogan and the rest of the NWO, the A teamer. So it is what it is. Uh, I just wish it wasn't a main event if that was the case. But you know, whatever. Like I kind of, I like Dan Garcia, but like I, I kind of like the tax that is C two point that you have to go through and watch two to watch Dan Garcia. So you know, mm. it's, it's a give and take. Uh, but yeah, um, I mean, you know, you mentioned off the off the top. Um, like the highlight of the show, I th- I think that the highlight of the show is you know the return of Archer in, um, the in their appearance finally of Brody King. Yeah, those those two things together. For, again, it's it's really weird. That's why it's weird to review. It's like no, those two things for me are definitely good. But overall, as a show, that like I when I reviewed Monday Night Raw, I decided to uh, I created this thing called the fatigue point. Where I just got, I just, I realised it was a point during the show where I start, I just checked out. I was like, okay, I'm ready for the main event now. I just want it to end. And I thought, look, as I'm like reviewing more, and I, I, instead of just being able to go, oh, I fatigue at a point most shows, I was like, no, I'll actually keep track of it. <laughs> and I can say, some weeks there was no fatigue point. I just made it all the way through more. So it's just like, congratulations, it's, it's not universal. However, quite often. When the in-ring segment count gets towards double figures, that's when the fatigue point was normally there at some point in the show. Because it's way too okay. many like quick, short segments. Like the Car Crash mm-hmm. TV, the 90s, doesn't work across three hours. You're just knackered. You're done in. You don't really want that many segments in it. Like, get Vince Russo out of here. <laughs> like, no, give me those longer segments to sink my teeth into. Or because uh, I'm English, I'm not watching it live. If I zone out a bit in a match, I'm able to just skip forward to when they're kicking it up a notch. That's fine for mm-hmm. me. It's perfectly fine. But with uh, this episode of AW, we got eight in-ring segments for a 90-minute show, or like two hours. That's still, that's still quite high because you're getting to war. Normally, it's like six or seven. Winter is Coming was four, obviously, because one of them was an hour long. <laughs> but still, right. it's uh, kind of indicative that they don't. Ha- they only have three hours, three segments in the second hour, which kind of like that. That does let you know that trust me, less segments works a lot better. It's specifically in ring segments, they broke it up as well with lots. If you even if you include all the different backstage segments that were setting things up, we're talking fifteen, sixteen. <laughs> there were so many things in this episode, setting things up and backstage stuff, but. For the first time on an episode of AEW, I mean, since I've been keeping track of it, because I, I didn't keep track of this two years, two three years ago, but I actually got a fatigue point watching Dynamite. I was like, that's weird. I don't normally, I don't normally sit in a Dynamite and go, okay, I'm ready for the main event now. That happened this week, and it was after Sheeda versus Deeb. Like when that was really quick. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Same, same exact point. As soon as they went to the, the yeah. oh, it's a two minute match and. She in this ref stop because she can't tap mm. out because she tap out but she's just dead to rights. So I was like, okay. I was like, <laughs> okay. I, I I didn't mm. know remember what was next on the card except for the main event. So I was mm. like, what is even next? Then I see, yeah. I see uh, Penta and, and Matt Hardy. I was like, oh god, is like Penta gonna lose to Matt Hardy? Please don't. <laughs> Luckily it didn't. But I was like, oh mm. no. Um, that was actually a little bit better than I thought it was gonna be because I kind of think uh, Matt Hardy kind of has a a, a forcing out of his back, but. Mm. Um, yeah, it, it was, um, that's that where I was at with you, uh, Serena Deeb and, and Cheetah, that, I was like, I'm done, I'm done, like, yeah, get to the main event. Yeah, and then afterwards, after that, we had, like, Jungle Express setting up their match for Rampage, and then, then we got the match with Hardy and Penta, then you've got the incredible acting of, uh, Statlander, Red Velvet, and Layla Hirsch, <laughs> and <laughs> it's like, oh dear. Woo! 
boy. Then, Bear Country versus The Acclaimed. <laughs> That's all after Hardy Penzer. And it's just like, then they have to run through, they've got Pac's amazing promo. We'll say Pac turning into Daredevil. <laughs> amazing. <laughs> I love it. Uh, then, but then we also got like the running through of all the matches on Rampage and Dynamite. Then Matt Hardy and Andrade. <laughs> then the main event. And I was just like, oh, my word. There's so many things happening in such quick succession as well. I, I just got fatigued. And for me, it's all like a pacing thing. Uh, some of this didn't have to be on this show. For like maybe even Hardy and Andrade, you put that on Rampage. Maybe. And there's no real like link between the people there, but you can just do it. They do that sometimes. Just throw in an interview to set up something for like the next week or whatever. That would have been fine. Just to like break up the sheer amount of stuff on this episode. Because there was a lot. Yeah. They were setting up yeah. a lot of stuff. And that might have been like the that might have been the thing that actually broke the camel's back. <laughs> we're just trying to set trying to be too ambitious the amount of stuff they were setting up. Remind me, what happened after the acclaim match? Was there any type of running or angle after that, or was it just that was just a match? Oh, I mean, I mean Darby adding the sting. <laughs> That's right. Attack. Okay, so yeah. so realistically, the only match that like it had no reason to really be there, or could have been, could have happened like a week after, would have been like the Dante Martin and Hobbs match. Yeah. Which, yeah. It, so I mean, yeah. yeah. Which was one I was looking forward to. It's just that they had a very yeah. similar kind of um, rhythm of match right before it in Big Boy versus CM Punk. <laughs> like to then do yeah. Big Dante Martin versus a Big Boy. It was kind of like, ah, the kind of rhythm of the story you're telling is very similar. I've just sat through yeah. like a, an elongated version of this match, kind yeah. of, like really. So, yeah, yeah, that was a little bit of a... It's weird. It's weird, it's weird to criticise AW with the pacing of the show, which is normally something they're so good at. I think that's why it sticks out, really. Yeah, probably. But the topic of the show, or the thing that drew the most, most attention, I, I I had a choice between three things really, which really stood out to me. Choice number one, Lance Hoyt. <laughs> I've forgotten his name. Lance Archer. That's his name here. <laughs> Not TNA Tramp Stamp. <laughs> Lance Hoyt <laughs> in <laughs> yeah. becoming the well, we say becoming number one contender. Already was attack Hammer and Page, and we've had it before in AW. There is a precedent where if a champion is angry enough, they will give a title shot. To, to the challenger, uh, they will jump the queue. Especially when you look at the top five now, is a lot of young guys or people who need like one more feud before Hangman. It's very clear that's true. For example, Adam Cole just needs to wrap up what he's doing. Then we can head. For me, Revolution is perfect for Page versus Adam Cole. They've kept them apart. They just finish this. They both have their current feud of like he gets through Archer, and then the challenge, and then Adam Cole gets through Orange Cassidy. You're all set for Revolution. Perfect. It all works fine. But then you're looking at guys like Wardlow, Dante Martin, and it's kind of like, oh, okay, yeah, you're clearly not going to be the one contender, but because they've heated them up, they're they're kind of there for like a maybe for like a spot in the near future, but they're not going to be challenging for the title immediately. Somebody even suggested, uh, do you even do the mega heel run with MJF when you could just immediately give it to Wardlow in, in a destruction kind of kind of like thing? Is like. I don't know. I didn't even know if I want them to drift away from the pillars at all. <laughs> it was like, yeah, I'm fine with them telling me these four people are going to be champion. And then those four people are champion. It's like, do they even need to drift from that? <laughs> I don't really know. kind of like it. Anyway, that's, that's the tangent. The thing I'm actually going to talk about is the debut of Brody King. Which is, uh, is the two things really that were all over my Twitter feed were Brody King's debut and Adam Cole and Rick Baker. And the thing with Brody King was uh, obviously the, mass the people who are big wrestling fans know who this man is. He has wrestled everywhere, be it 
uh, in PWG, be it in New Japan. He, you have seen this man in the Ring of Honor was his recent mainstay. He's been all over. A very well-known name on the indie scene. But not known to like main WWE guys. Which brought out the best per kind of uh, criticism on Twitter, obviously. Of who? From the, the same people who go, oh, AEW's just WWE guys. It's like, yeah, but when they debut somebody who's not, you get the who response. So there is no winning. Therefore, you might as well just pay no attention to them. That's <laughs> the bad thing I do on Twitter. See, if I see someone like that, I just block them and move on. It, t it turns out if you curate your Twitter, Twitter feed, it's a lovely place. <laughs> and the amount of people that you see complaining, I see, I see getting complained about, I just don't come across them until someone else brings them to my feed. <laughs> Something like that. It's like, ah, oh, curate your Twitter. Oh, it's a lovely place. <laughs> it's so nice. It's so nice. But yes, Brody King. We've teased it for a while. And for me, the thing that immediately defeats the Who chance is, uh, it's like the Suzuki thing. Where that criticism was, oh, the, the main audience aren't going to know who Suzuki is. It's like, yeah, but who cares? When you look at the way he got introduced, you look at that ovation as he charged towards Moxley. It's like, it doesn't matter if they didn't know who he was five minutes ago. Look at that. <laughs> they know who he is. It's, it's, it's obviously that does all the stuff in the world. To do. It's like, it doesn't matter who they know who he is. Like, the story in the moment is great, so who cares? <laughs> but for me, this is also great. Brody King coming out after we had our, uh, our Matt Hardy versus Penta El Cerro Miedo match. The Cerro Miedo counter ticking off the scale. <laughs> he's just, as a babyface guy doing it to the crowd, he's just, like, he does it a lot throughout the match, but you're reaching almost double figures before the bell's even rung. <laughs> so right off the scale. Um, Hardy was promising to leave Penta in the hospital with his brother. He did not. <laughs> Package power driver to you, my friend. <laughs> uh, after the match, uh, Penta had a message from Malachi Black. Uh, he's going to show him some respect. Lights out. Uh, we're becoming a bit of an AW trope, but this time, no, I'm fine with it this time. They've used it, like last week they had the lights go out, the, the fans were chanting Brody King, nothing happened, it was just like a teleportation lights out. But that means this week, my immediate reaction when they started chanting Brody King when the lights went out, I'm like, I mean, they, they taught you last week that that doesn't necessarily mean it's a debut. Like, are you not going to, are the fans going to learn eventually? <laughs> but then the lights come out and he's actually there. It's like, oh no, the trick worked. <laughs> they got me to ex expect that he might not actually be there. But Black takes out uh, poor Alex before taking out, before taking the fight to Penta, tearing out the left eye of the mask, uh, which was awesome. For, I really like that touch. For the Varsity Blondes making the attack, Julia Hart shouting for the men to stop. Is, is Julia Hart a goodie? <laughs> she got some conflict there. Uh, Malachi laughs before the lights go out again. Brody King, awesome beatdown, arrival for the large tattooed male. And I can't, uh, I'm really looking forward to, I forgot the name of the tag team. Because well, they are PWG uh, tag team champions. Um, something involving Black Thrones. I forgot what it's oh, called. Was it the Kings of the Black, uh, King of the Black Throne? Kings of the Black Throne. Yes, something like that. Yeah, something, yeah, something like something, that, yeah. yeah but... Something that sounds like a, like the, I don't know. Sounds like a like a metal uh, yeah. song title. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, uh, it, for me, uh, but it's it's been a teased pairing for a while. But to actually see the trigger pulled on it, oh yeah, um, I'm really hyped on it. Yeah, what do you make of the debut, James? Yeah, happy to see it. Um, I wish that it had been in front of a in it had been in the middle of a better show, um, in mm. front of a liver crowd. <laughs> but uh, the crowd still popped for it, and um, I think. You know, he's one of the people that I wanted out of, you know, after Ring Honor has gone to, mm. you know, whatever uh, reimagining they're, they're going for. He's one of the people that I thought, like, 
that I said to myself, like, I would like him to be in AEW. Uh, the two people that came to mind, or three people that came to mind, were Bandito, him, and, and Jonathan Gresham. So um, he's here. Uh, I guess you say one down three to, or one down two to go, but um, <laughs> that, that's kind of where we are now. And I, I, I think him and um, him and in Black being a tag team is going to be great. Uh, I kind of feel like the tag team division has kind of waned a bit, hmm. um, but you know, with Red Dragon, with potentially um, the tattooed guys, <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> I think I think it's going to be on again. I think it's, it re, or re, uh, vitalizes the division. Um, and I think, you know, I feel like one of these teams are going to pop. Like, I feel like the constants are FTR, the constants are Lucha Bros, the constants are, um, um, the Young Bucks. I feel like, uh, you know, with Ray Dragon and, um, the champions, uh, and also, uh, this new team, like you now have, a, I feel like you have a deeper roster up top of people that can, you know, be featured and no one would bat an eye. Cause I think, um, Malachi is super over, um, in front of live audiences, it's just that um, he had a little bit of a, a slowdown with the end of the Cody stuff, getting away from it. Um, but um, I think this is what they need. Like, I, th- I feel like he can kind of be their undertaker in a way. Hmm. Um, maybe not as big of a star, but like as far as like the badass and once the lights go black, it's like, it's you know it's on. Like, he's going to appear out of nowhere and teleport and, and do awesome shit. So, um, yeah, I, I feel like having a heavy, like, like uh, Brody, Brody King, like, I mean, we've we've all seen him wrestle. Like the dude, dudes that look like that, like completely blow your mind with the things he can do uh, aerial aerial wise. So like, uh, it's gonna be fun. Like when he starts, when he hits one of those like acai moon salts, and it's like, do you wonder if the rope's gonna snap? You're gonna, you're just, your people's jaws are gonna drop. It's gonna be fun. Oh yeah, it's gonna be really fun. <laughs> yeah, especially obviously being fans and having seen the guy before, we know what we're in store for. And seeing those first reactions to guys who get this kind of exposure, oh yeah, a hundred percent a guy who's I'm surprised wasn't in AEW already, but then obviously signed to Ring of Honor. Amazing talent. Anyway, so now we're going to go through the show in order, and it makes sense to immediately talk about one of the other three thing, three topics of really, really like the main talking points coming out of the show. Adam Cole and Red Dragon started off the show. It's time for a promo train, everybody. <laughs> like, I don't know. I mean, this isn't. WWE is what this was kind of known as like a WWE trope for a while, especially like when I was about to say when Randy Orton was champion like 13 years ago <laughs> with Legacy or whatever, where just every single show would start with like a 20 minute Randy Orton promo. But and I had to realize, wait, no, that's just a WWE trope. They just start off with a promo train <laughs> to hype yeah, up something they in the yeah, show. Like mm. that is that goes all the way back to um. Like uh, the man Helmsley faction, even back to like uh, you know start at the top of the of the thing with like The Rock and Austin and and um, and McMahon like like ninety eight ninety seven ninety eight is mm. when they start doing it like it sets the agenda for the entire show and you wonder when like oh Austin gonna get thrown out the building by cops and then like he'll make his way back to the building to you know spray people down with some whatever or you know do some type of damage in, in uh, with uh, property damage with a vehicle like that was that was their thing. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, it was even happening in, you know, all the way through whatever heel was the top champion at the time, they'll come out and they'll get, it'll be a, they'll be able to go out there and filibuster. Like I remember Seth Rollins in 2015 uh, was just like every single week, every <laughs> single Monday, he was going out there for 15 to 20 minutes, no matter what. And sometimes it was good. Sometimes it wasn't. <laughs> for me, that's the best review of this style of opening. Sometimes it's good. It's not always good. <laughs> when it's not good, you really feel it. It kind of sucks. 
but if for me this was it felt like it was continuing to heat up the tag division whilst also kind of preparing Cole for whatever's next for him post Cassidy and like yeah, I really like the touch of uh, Young Bucks saying that their resolution was to win back the tag titles and then O'Reilly's like oh that's our resolution oh <laughs> what a coincidence oh and you can see the tension between them before Adam Cole just immediately interrupts <laughs> just as like oh wait wait this is amazing this is what friendship needs some friendly competition <laughs> just like trying to stop the group from like really breaking apart and uh, I, uh, I did I did have a reaction to like Matt Jackson with the tough wrestler line of I just beat COVID's ass in two days now it's time to and I'm like what no dude you should be isolating <laughs> why are you here <laughs> two days that's not the period <laughs> it doesn't matter if you doesn't matter if you tested negative on day three <laughs> you shouldn't be you shouldn't be here <laughs> uh, in the Bianca voice I was like you shouldn't you don't go here <laughs> no <laughs> no <laughs> Uh, but uh, any animosity uh, distracted to the side by Adam Cole as that focus is then put on the best friends. And now Cassidy and Chums run. Uh, a big old wall fight breaks out only for Britt Baker to even the odds out for a beat down. Uh, people, I saw quite a few people online just like, oh, Britt Baker's joined the elite. It's like, no, 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 no. This is them more just establishing the existing relationship, maybe pushing the power couple thing for to make you think Adam Cole has a really strong chance of beating Paige. Um, for me, that would be a very smart thing to do. I, I feel like a lot of people would, but because Baker's already champion, the amount of people that were very likely by the fact that, oh, we're surely going to crown Cole as champion because he got that power couple dynamic. Uh, but it's a good way just to trick people because surely Paige is holding it for ages. <laughs> and there's a, he's got he's to convince people that he's actually going to lose. For me, the worst title defenses are one. Like for me, Christian against Omega, uh, all the way back at All Out, I was like, eh. And I never believed was going to win, even when they right. did their best at the whole impact thing. So that's why I never went too high on my own like personal star rating for it. But the power well, I mean, couple. I, I mean, there's also the part where that match was only was only just great. Like it wasn't like mm. some match of the year thing. It was great though. But oh, I, yeah. I, I, I do get what you mean. Absolutely. Actually, yeah, um, that's the that's that's reason why he got yeah. the, and that's the reason why he got the win, um, uh, in the first match between Omega because they mm. had to get him hot because no one to get you to at least halfway. You know, yeah. believe is even the chance. Um, so, I thought that program was pretty good. But uh, yeah, back to um, Cole. Um, I Cole, I don't. You know, I, I've seen enough with um, the power couples in, in pro wrestling. Like I'm, I kind of don't care. <laughs> I got. I got to mm. say, like I don't. I don't know if I don't know if it's a thing where like historically it, it actually does good business. If so, fine, I'll eat it. But like. I don't, you know, from Seth and Becky to um, to Miz and Maurice to Daniel Bryan and um, and Bree to Nikki and John Cena um, to Triple H and and Hunter, like I don't give a fuck. I just don't. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> well, I mean, for me, like, only one of those was good. <laughs> that says a lot. Like, I, yeah. you know, like you know, I, like I'm sure there's a way to do it well to where like. Mm. You feel like all four members have agency, but like ultimately it feels like mostly like the men are like just finding a way to like get their their uh, women's shots um, on the card. And it's like Britt Baker is um, Britt Baker's the the world champion. Um, like I think she already fought Statler, if I'm not mistaken, and beat her. Uh, yeah, um, last year I think. Well, obviously last year, when he just started 2022. 
Yeah, yeah. So you know, like if they if there's something they can dig in to pull up that or whatever else, cool. But it's like, I, I, you know, I, I watched Mixed Match Challenge or Mix, the Mixed Match Challenge, the first season or whatever else, and it's like, once you, you know, like the novelty wears off pretty soon, and obviously you know it's a different company and everything, but like, you know, if I if if I want to see like mixed tags, like I kind of want to see it like to where like there can be like. Um, intergender, you know, mm. matchups as opposed to like once someone tags, everyone has to get the fuck out. Like, mm. clear this, clean the slate, move on. It's time to, you know, like, you know, otherwise, you know, you just feel like, okay, this is just a contrivancy or whatever. But, you know, I, I'm sure people will, will like it more than I will. I'm just always down on this kind of stuff. Um, but, because, you know, quite frankly, I'd rather see singles matches between Stat and Britt and, um, and Orange Cassidy and, and Cole than them doing this. That's kind of how it goes. Um, for but, me, it was Lucha Underground that eternally convinced me. And so I say eternally, it's been since then to now still, that mm-hmm. intergender wrestling where they're just, they're not treated as like the different sexes that need to be separated in competition. They're, they are the same. So, um, and they are treated the same. Because I remember at the time there was that big conversation, like what, like, what do you mean, how can like a much smaller woman be taken seriously? It's like, well, how can Rey Mysterio be taken seriously? <laughs> like, it's absolutely no different. <laughs> he still showed that right. same amount of heart and desire to get that win, and in wrestling, that's perfectly fine. That's enough. See, a Punk right. versus and Wardlow, it... like, what's the difference <laughs> there, really? Right. And I, and I will give AEW this. Like, that Shaq and Jay Cargill versus uh, Red Velvet mm. and Cody match was, was damn fun. So, you know, <laughs> mm. um, I, don't, I don't think they're going to pull out that kind of stuff uh, and smoke and mirrors for this match, but if they if they can and if they're able to do it, if they succeed, then I'll, I'll gladly come back and eat crow on it. But I said, just, I'm just me in general, like uh, intergender tag matches. Yeah, <laughs> mm. I think like, like I think I'm expecting like a bit of fun, nothing much further than that. But also like for me, as long as this is like just setting up that on television, these two are a couple. That doesn't mean you're going to see them on TV every single week. Uh, die together for me that's that's quite a good way to do it you establish the fact yeah. but then you don't beat it over the head you kind of like we've established it now they can go back to their friends but you know that it's a thing you know that the other person could run out to save uh, the other person and separating them on tv at least is quite a good way to do that like you establish they're a couple but then you surround them with the same people that you always see meaning that you can burn out their interruptions and then you're not ready for their other half to actually come in as the final one it's like, yeah, it's, it's stuff like that you can set up in a situation like this. And for me, AW are masters of, not masters, they use the technique where they will set something up, but that doesn't mean they're immediately going to follow on after it. It's, it's not WWE. WWE, with the technique of Chekhov's gun, yeah. show you the gun and immediately fire it. <laughs> uh... <laughs> it goes off, it smashes a window. <laughs> like, immediately. Well, that you know there's no bullet in there now. <laughs> That's that tension gone. But with AW, they will show you the gun. Like Kenny Omega versus uh, uh, Brian Danielson. They sh- showed you the gun. And then they put that away in the drawer. And you know it's there. You know they've got Omega Danielson there in the draw, but it's, it's out of sight for now. Like just, just let it simmer, just let it bubble. It's you're going to eventually get it, but now's not the time. Now's not the time. Uh, for me, that's what Omega Danielson was. It was just like, that was hype for a proper Omega Danielson match. It wasn't 
the Omega Danielson match. They hardly went into much of their locker at all <laughs> for that match. It's like the first third of a match stretched over, stretched over 30 minutes. It's still amazing, but it, it's still essentially a Chekhov's gun thing. And I, because I've seen AW do that, I am perfectly, I, I feel a lot, a lot more forgiving for things like this where they're setting something up. Because I don't, or I go into it not expecting there to be an immediate payoff or an immediate kind of follow up to it. It's like, oh no, you're just establishing this as part of your world. That's fine. That's absolutely fine. The match itself will be a bit of fun. It's, I mean, obviously, it's an Orange Cassidy match. <laughs> you're not going to get something. You're not going to get a super serious thing in a mixed tag Orange Cassidy match. Uh, but I, I am totally with you that for me, after watching Lucha Underground, for me, there's no going back. Just because I saw how right. good it can be. And just to I mean, have those restraints on it, it's it's always a negative to me. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's not even just like Lucha Underground in, you know, like the American Indies where they do inter, intergender, like, you know, Black Little Pro, where you can go watch Jordan Grace versus um, uh, versus Ethan Page a couple mm. years ago, right? Like, I mean, you, I mean, one of my Did first Ruby matches... Soho watch, like, oh, Ruby Soho faced Josh Alexander this week. Right, right. Mm. And I think uh, Josh Alexander said, like, it's one of his proudest matches ever. Mm. Um and but like you go to Japan and look at some of the women in like the produce shows like when like when Asuka was still named Kana in in Japan, and like she was you know more or less kind of blackballed by the Joshi scene in general, <laughs> um, and so she had to put on her own produce shows and she would like she would have like her and like Mara Fuji from um, from from Noah versus like Mako Satomura and Minoru Suzuki and Minoru Suzuki would and her would go at it. Right, like, mm. um, or even like even this year, like in Seedling, like you have a Nanai Takahashi uh, with the tag team partner Roy Matsumoto versus uh, you and um, and, Mon- and not Suzuki, but Mon- Masato Tanaka. Mm. And Tanaka's yeah. like out there, you know, and they're selling like crazy for Tanaka. And Tanaka's still very good. Um, and like it was a really good match. It's like you, if if you're I'm, when I say I'm not into intergender, it's not because of the the man or woman violence. Like I I don't care. Like it's all like. They're all fake, really hitting each other to have fake fights. I don't care. That's fine. Um, it's it's the part where, like, in America on major television, like, they do the thing where you tag in, you got to get the fuck out. Mm. Um, and and I, I kind of find it to be just a contrivancy. Like, they're all pro athletes. Let them go out there and beat the hell out of each other. All of them. All four of them let them beat the hell out of each other. I don't care. Yeah, that's, that's exactly my... And after having been exposed to what it can be like, it's one of those ones right. where... It's think, so much better. Yeah. Yeah, it's, once you experience what it could be like, and then you watch what it's like on American TV, it's like, ah, uh, like, I understand how in the past this could be a thing that was, no, you, they're like a TV station saying, absolutely not, type of thing. But it's not that era anymore. I feel like this is 100% the kind of thing that you can do on TV now. It's it's weird. It's, the, the reasons not to do it feel archaic whenever I hear them. <laughs> I think it, yeah. it yeah, for me it really is just because I've seen how it works and a lot of the time it's arguments from people who clearly just seriously just watch it and that's the thing that rips the band-aid off and it can make your decision then if you still don't like it after watching it that's the difference for me rather than immediately yeah. shutting down to the thought of it it's like well no it's a performance so it's <laughs> it's choreographed ballet fighting. <laughs> like it's not. It's really not the same as what as some of the things out there. Uh, but yeah, this will be a fun silly match, regardless. Uh, yeah, a great example with the uh, Shack, the Shack match, where they brought out all of the guns just to give you a really fun chaotic right. fight, body right. thing. And, and hope, 
and hopefully they can give us something like that because you yeah. know obviously you mentioned the Cassidy part of it like it's not going to be some super serious heated match like they just uh, first off not be super heated because like they didn't come to come up with this match until literally yet last night right like <laughs> so whenever they do it it's not going to be like some huge towards pay per view mm. or anything like it'll be like something to do to build up for like a week or two and then do it. I don't even know. Yeah. If it, it was it even. It was announced for next week, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. So like oh, immediate payoff. Like, how yeah. many could it possibly be? Mm. Which is why I see that and I go, yeah, it's like a fun ending to the Orange Cassidy thing. So they can, yeah. may, maybe you give Rick Baker an opponent and you send Adam Cole off towards uh, Hangman Page. Like it all works in a nice little, nice neat little bow. In my head, I'm like. And this is where you do a nice little transition, but nice, neat little bow and Wardlow. <laughs> I haven't really got anything. <laughs> so uh, Wardlow versus CM Punk. I will just say before this, there was a, an awesome Wardlow uh, promo package that played with the uh, classical music over the background. Really, really good. Uh, Wardlow going over huge as his destruction of Punk helps make him look like an absolute beast. So the thing that really helped me with this is me in my 2005 watching, starting to watch Naivety. I have watched that Bret Hart Diesel match, but obviously it's years down the line. Yeah. I, I might even watch it for the first time on the network, which shows like like 20 years after the fact kind of thing. And But I, I, it's one of those matches where I watched it, but I wouldn't remember any spots from it. So it wasn't until someone shared it on Twitter going, I was like, oh yeah, CM Punk's done it again, where he's just flat out done an, an entire sequence from a Bret oh, Hart so- match. So someone actually did point that out. Yeah, because yeah, to yeah, me, yeah. it just seemed obvious. Because, like, I mean, mm. he's been doing a lot of Bret, stu- Bret Hart stuff. He's been wearing mm. the Bret Hart gear and, and whatever else. So, like, once I saw that, I was like, or once I saw what was going on, I was like, oh, he's he's doing the Bret 95 Survivor Series thing. Because, like, I've only seen that match twice ever. Like, I watched it live, and then I watched it. I don't know. Rich, Rich you know, Rich really gets into a kick of watching, like, um, uh, like 90s, 90s wrestling, WCW or WWF. So, like, he turned it on one time, and I was like, I told him, like, I hate that match. And I watched I was like, yeah, still not feeling this match. It was better than I remember it being, but I still was like, it was way too one-sided for a dude just to roll him up at the very end of the match after you, like, completely dominated him and, like, mm. oh, you got suckered. Like, oh, whatever, man. Like, I'm getting Brendan Sean, so whatever. <laughs> I did like the twist on this one of the way just, like, MJF is the sole reason for this match ending the way it did. Wardlow, yeah. Wardlow, he didn't want to continue. He want, he was he tried to pin the man multiple times. He's like, right, I'm done yep. here. And for me, the thing that kind of adds to it as well was going into it beforehand, where uh, Sean Spears was constantly telling him, no, go for the pin, stop beating him up. And this is the flip reverse of that, where it's like, no, 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 you don't pin him, you keep going. MJF wanted CM Punk broken. He wasn't there for Wardlow to win. He was there, because in my head as well, he's painting MJF as he wants to be the guy to give CM Punk his first loss. Because he's a, yep, because he's an asshole, yep. Yeah, therefore Wardlow can't do it. And it's all building <laughs> to the massive turn by Wardlow. Uh, but it, yeah, this match, it was, it was just a complete destruction by Wardlow. And because MJF wouldn't let him pin him, that's the reason he lost. And I kind of, because it makes Wardlow seem like an absolute beast. And it also teases the MJF thing, and Punk obviously the wily vet as well. Obviously, you have to put to the side. The, uh, I've, I've done if it's the same with the vet one, where it's kind of like, ah, oh, you, you won with that when you were pretty much dead. <laughs> like it's, <laughs> I have to put aside some, but um, like believability for me to <laughs> for this to work, which I can do that. Right, it's, for me, like it's fine. I like the overall story they're telling though. So I think that's why it sits relatively well with me. I like everything they're building. Um, 
even if I have to, in my head, I have to put, I, I very obviously feel, feel like I, I'm having to put something to the side to believe Punk could do that when you're also telling me how destructive Wardlow is. Like, right. I, I have to put something to the side, but I still like every story they're telling here. Everything coming off of it is awesome. With the, the again, the teasing of Wardlow and the build for MJFC and Punk as well. Uh, later on in the show, MJF came out and he did the whole tease of, I'm going to give you the match that you all want. I'm so angered by this. I'm going to give you the match. Next week is going to be it. CM Punk versus Sean Spears. <laughs> Just, yeah, yeah, the entire time, like, yeah. I knew he was going to say that. Right. <laughs> the entire time. But I was, I was still right. like, oh, maybe he doesn't. <laughs> like, oh, you, you got me, even though I totally still knew you were going to do that. Yeah, but, but yeah, I... I, yeah, so I, I was watching this having absolutely no idea for like a frame of reference. I was just like, yeah, they're putting Wardlow over Huge. That's great. And trying to find a way mm. to keep CM Punk's undefeated run going as well as Wardlow being that beast. And uh, yeah, it turns out they're completely redoing an angle from the 90s. And uh, yeah, I had no idea. <laughs> but so, At least this yeah. wasn't the main event of a, of a big four pay-per-view though. Oh, yeah. I'll give them that. <laughs> oh, the end of the show on that. That's... The that the was show. the main event of Survivor Series 99. Oh, yep. right. oh, so he said the end of the show on Brett getting absolutely destroyed and then he just went to the schoolboy. That's, that's it. It's interesting because it leaves you with an interesting feeling. You don't really feel like, hey, my baby face guy. <laughs> You're not really cheering like that. You're more like, oh, that's it. <laughs> Another part about it is like, back to the to that match, is like, if I remember correctly, Brett beat him, you know, and then like, uh, that starts the heel turn for for Diesel to get to uh, the the match with Undertaker, right? Like he mm. snaps on Brett and he power bombs him um, through the announce table afterwards. He's so mad that he got beat. He got beat with a small package. That he beat the hell out of Brett for like eighty five percent of the match. <laughs> so yeah, it, I mean, it had legs to it. And I, I see the reason why they did it. It's just like as a kid, I, like I. I was a dumb mark, so I like I really <laughs> liked Diesel. I thought he was really uh, Big Daddy cool. I really thought the dude was like cool, right? Mm. And like I loved Brett, but I was like, you know, it's like okay, so I don't know what's gonna happen here. I like both of them, uh, and then Brett won. I was like, eh, I thought that sucked. I was a kid. I was like, eh, I thought that sucked. Ah, <laughs> oh, so try to think what the any stupid reactions I had, but I didn't start watching wrestling until I was twelve, thirteen. So there's not a lot of mm. them. If I'm honest, <laughs> there's really not a lot of stupid moments, <laughs> I guess. Uh, I didn't like it when it was just a Juice and Domino match and one of them started bleeding from the mouth and 12-year-old 12, 12 me had none of that. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, I did not like the pale guy getting the blood down his mouth. <laughs> that was a complete nope. <laughs> but I don't think I've had like a stupid kayfabe moment. Uh, oh, no, because I, I started watching around the time um, Batista had to give away his title because he was injured like the whole the whole thing of mark henry shaking the cage for like 15 minutes because he can't open the cage door <laughs> that whole angle and um i, I did definitely buy because they put people they put plants in the crowd to cry so they get it on camera it's like oh no he's got to give up his title oh no <laughs> and as a young kid i was like oh man they really do like because i joined like right after i think batista i must have watched like one episode with batista then he was gone 
<laughs> so okay. I, I had no frame of context. When I saw people adoring, I was like, oh, wow, he, he must have been like a really, they really cared for him. He must have been a really great guy. Can't wait to see him when he's back, <laughs> type of thing. Um, obviously, years later, <laughs> when I went onto the internet to find out why Jeff Hardy wasn't on WrestleMania 24, the, my whole world was shattered. It's like, what do you mean they used plants? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> this is horrible. <laughs> uh, anyway. Moving on to a similar kind of framing of match. In Hobbs versus Dante Martin, it's Big Boy destroys the smaller one and then the smaller one, Alpha Distraction, gets the win. Uh, I did like, because it, uh, I say he's in the match first, Powerhouse Hobbs versus Dante Martin. Uh, I did like that they were pelting at each other from the belt. The opening, I thought, was really white hot. Also, because I watched this on fight, I got a lot of the downtime. And I will say, quite often on fight... Uh, there's a lot of headlocks. <laughs> there's a lot of mm. oh, I'm hurt whilst on the outside. Uh, slowly caught. <laughs> CM Punk. Oh my, he he did a lot of slow walk crawling back to the ring on fight. Uh, awesome start though. Both lads just charging at each other from like for like some ringside chaos. Parking at the house of Hobbs as he grounded Martin with an awesome spinebuster, which then kind of signalled the rest of the most of the match. Uh, Dante finding himself having to counter and fight back from under against the big boy. Hobbs slowing it down for. A decent amount of time, but got cocky after countering Martin's now signature backward, backwards ball flip <laughs> escape off the second rope. Uh, still on top, but Dante, like he had a foot in the match. When Ricky Starks decided to get up on the apron and ruin everything, only for... Uh, I don't know whether to use the phrase. The phrase I'm, I'm kind of like, like, I've seen do do this before. The phrase I'm using is replacement black person. Because they've done it again. Brandy Rhodes was out. Oh, we need to get another black athlete in to replace Brandy. We can't have Leo. Oh, let's get Jay Lethal in. What? No, he don't have to do it like that. <laughs> Jay Lethal, for some reason, is there. And that's the only reason I could think of in my head. It's like, well, why is it Jay Lethal? Is that it? <laughs> is that the only reason? Just to yank him off the ropes. Hobbs distracted. And, yeah, there we go. <laughs> it gets the win. Yeah, what do you make of this match? What do you make of the, for some reason, Jay Lethal interference? I like this match more than I like the opener. Um, mm. I thought it was a, I thought it was a lot more competitive between uh, back and forth between um, Hobbs and Martin. Um, I thought that going into it that Martin was a, going to win. Obviously, this is a rematch of a match they had, um, I think, the fall of last year. So, mm. I, you know, it was a show the progression of, um, in progress of, of Dante Martin. Um, especially after we haven't seen him for a few weeks. Uh, so they, they had a match. I, I liked their back and forth. I, I really liked, um, I, I think they have pretty good chemistry. I feel like there's a better match for them uh, in the future, like at a, at a bigger oh, spot in, in like a year or two um, as they get better and gain, gain more experience. But um, yeah, I, I thought, I thought, you know, they're, I thought they did really well together. Uh, it wasn't, it wasn't some super great match or anything, but I thought it was a good match. Uh, and, um, as you mentioned, I, I didn't even think about the the Jay Lethal thing or why he's there. I just like, oh, Leo Rush isn't here, so he's like filling in for Leo Rush. Hmm. I didn't even think about the why is he, but like now that you mentioned, it's like yeah, that kind of is one of those things that they do in AEW. Um, so you know, uh, distraction finish. He's going to win with the the, um, the I think he calls it a nose dive. Uh, his moon, his you know, double jump moonsault or sorry, uh, triangle moonsault. So I, you know, um, cool finish. Got out of there. Uh, lethal. I don't, you know. Lethal has a whole bunch of stuff with him. Like, I, if he if it was my company, I wouldn't have him on TV. But hmm. um, I mean, that match he had with Guevara was one of the best matches in AEW last year. So, uh, you know, um, they're going to give him a shot after a match like that. So, 
uh, him and Dante Martin potentially in a match against um, Starks and uh, Hobbs. I will say this, uh, after the match on Rampage, not Rampage, Battle of the Belts, um, given what Lethal did, I think that set, or that um, Ricky Starks is going to have to bring it. Like, that match he had with Sidell, like, Sidell outclassed him. Um, and, you know, after he broke his back, or broke his neck, or broke something in his back, mm. um, he hasn't wrestled that much, so um, this is a big task for him, like, uh, bigger than he's had in a while, like, to have a big match with, like, two guys like Lethal and, like, um, Dante with Hobbs. So, um, should be a fun match. And, uh, but after that, we then got immediately jumping forward. <laughs> it's like, I have no additional notes for this. <laughs> that, yeah. J- oh, yeah. Just, yeah. The future stuff Jay's pretty much hit on as well. Like, it's, uh, this is kind of like setting up another future kind of showcase for Hobbs and Martin. Another stage where they get like a proper finish eventually. And because I think the last one was like early Rampage kind of era where they got their match. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So, it's good to see them here. And then obviously they will progress in the future. Uh, in a circle. We're backstage with a teleporting Tony, who he got around tonight. Uh, Jericho happy that P... He's happy because PWI have named the Inner Circle the Faction of the Year for some reason. <laughs> but they have. <laughs> Hyping up his man Sammy for tonight's main event title defence. When Eddie Kingston, the man that can make everything work, <laughs> just wants to beat up Garcia. Uh, I like that, that is, that's his motivation here. These, his entire motivation... Is he wants to beat the crap out of Garcia, and other people keep stopping him from beating the crap out of Garcia, and it's really getting on his nerves because all he wants to do is beat up Garcia. But other people, and Jericho's in his face, getting in his way, and all he wants to do is beat up Garcia, and he just can't do it. First it was 2.0 getting in the way, now it's Jericho as well taking the limelight, which paid off in the main event as well. And uh, Eddie Kingston trying to cause inner rifts, saying that Jericho's the reason Santana and Ortiz aren't the tag team champions, which obviously nerves them up a bit. But we are going, we're obviously building to Kingston versus Jericho, but I I do like how Eddie Kingston's motivation hasn't shifted from the one time where he was in his happy place just eating a cake and catering to now, he just wants to beat up Garcia. (laughs) And eventually he's going to get to do it. (laughs) It's just things keep getting in the way. And I wouldn't be surprised if this is like Kingston, Jericho, maybe if they can stretch this out to Revolution... Don't know if that's a little bit too long of a period. Wait, is Revolution like it's middle of February, isn't it? Uh, I want to say it's beginning of March. Oh, it's beginning of March. Is it? Actually, I can. I have the power of the internet. I can just Google it. I, I'm I'm looking up right now too. So it might be you might be hearing a lot of clicking and clacking. Um, <laughs> listeners of this podcast or on YouTube. Yeah, uh, Revolution uh, oh, is sixth March. March. 6th. Yeah, sixth of March. Yep. Yeah. Beat you to I, it. <laughs> I forgot that Google says it in my time <laughs> as well and my thing as well yeah the date order correct day month year that's how you do it america <laughs> that's it all of my files are in the japanese order of year month day it's like it's it's, the, it's, the most, it's easiest gotcha. <laughs> so, so you saw and you were like wait a second it's gonna happen in june <laughs> it, <laughs> you know it happens to me so often trying to mm. figure out dates for stuff uh, oh yeah at least at the beginning uh, watching Japanese wrestling, it definitely did. I mean, I was like, wait mm. a second, wait, what? The thing that confuses me the most, especially Japanese wrestling, is I think they're better now, but they don't. The websites don't always adjust for daylight savings, because I'm assuming in Japan they either don't do it or they do it at different points. So they don't have it. They don't have it in Japan. They don't have it at all. Okay, that makes sense. So when there's been like a a shift, you have to then do an an additional figuring out just because it's. And originally they didn't even have the British type, the, the like 
ex the other times on there. Sometimes they'd have the American wrong. That's like the main other audience. So figuring out a British time from the Japanese time and then having to account for the fact that they've not included <laughs> daylight savings. Like, okay, when was daylight savings in America? <laughs> I need to figure this out. Oh, it was, it was a, New Japan world in the early years was sure an experience. It's <laughs> trying to figure all of that out. Uh, back back when you needed the Google trans, Translate automatic thing in the browser to actually function the website. Ah, so, oh, the days. Ah, <laughs> oh, the days. Because I remember there was a, I can't remember which economist it was, one of the, when New Japan blew up and it got all that attention, I remember there was an economist at Laws of Pain who, it, was, it went, it might have been Tito, I can't remember who it was, but the entire point was trying to navigate the website, and it's like, I don't, what is this? <laughs> and I'm just like, compared to what I had to deal with, this feels so incredibly simple, <laughs> because it's right, in English, right. <laughs> it's, it's just there, right. it feels... Especially because Tito don't like anything, too, that's Oh, yeah. Thing, so. <laughs> I was just kind of like, is this him, is this Tito being Tito, or is it just because I experienced such a difficult website to operate as an English person, that this, to me, feels so incredibly easy? That doesn't mean, uh, I'm just like, I've, I've been playing on, like, on expert difficulty mode <laughs> like just right. yeah so me playing on hard is like oh no this is, this is piss easy like no yeah i've been playing on the hardest difficulty <laughs> it's not actually easy <laughs> uh anyway after that segment we then got a run of stuff uh, back little backstage things we got the uh announcement of the match of sean spears with cm punk via mgf we then get another match put together when the elite were backstage when he got baker to officially walk with to adam cole and set our tag team match for next week. After that, AEW champion Hangman Page. A new year. The records have been reset. And the champion needs a new challenger. Um, in my head, it's just like, well, I need a new challenger. Who's it going to be? I'm just like, I mean, this company has rankings. <laughs> you immediately could just look at the rankings and there's your challenger. <laughs> it's, not that, it's not like other promotions. It's right there. That said, this was all building up to Lance Archer returning. But... Dan Lambert, I have I've heard from some people that, especially people with um, like a lot of American friends, that don't like Dan Lambert, and I don't get it because <laughs> I think Dan Lambert is fantastic at what he does. I, same here. I love. I, mm. Look, <laughs> I know he's here to piss off, like the hardest of hardcore fans, and I think mm. I, like regardless. If you think that that dude can't deliver lines or is an eloquent talker or, like, says sharp stuff, you're wrong. He, he does. If you don't like the subject of the stuff he's talking about, like, well, that is the that was what his heat is. Like, he's making fun of the non-quote-unquote athlete. Like, he's basically a fill-in and proxy for Jim Cornette. Hmm. I'm sure we talked about this a number of times yeah, yeah, over, yeah. Over, over the last year or whatever else. But, like, I enjoy it. I The only thing I haven't really enjoyed for him was, like, the segment with Brandy because, like, that is just problematic. I'm not, mm. you know, uh, like, I don't like calling women strippers or saying your voice sounds like a stripper name or you're saying that her name sounds like a stripper name. And then I also didn't like Brandy calling herself a black bitch. So, like, whatever. Like, so, but outside of that little moment right there, like, I, I feel like his hit rate is pretty, pretty good, uh, uh, considered the rest of the stuff that's on, the, on AEW. Um, like, he gets, and he gets heat with the crowds. Mm. He gets crazy. Like, who gets better more heat than him besides MJF? Yeah. It might, just, it might be yeah. him. Yeah. That I think those are the only two that get reactions like that, and if it's the the, the only person who gets react loud reactions, which can contain booze, are Cody. But that's more like the John Cena type thing, <laughs> just in terms yeah, of the, which, is, which is also like yeah. that sucks to watch. <laughs> but the uh, yeah, it's just he's just so damn good, and I've heard 
So it was like, how how can you like him when he says things like that? But, but no, that's the entire point. Like he's playing a character on television. He's a really like you don't watch Walking Dead going. Oh, I just agree with all the points that Negan is saying here. He's just <laughs> like no, <laughs> like no. <laughs> he's he you don't you don't like Jeffrey Dean Morgan because you agree with the points Negan says. No, he's playing a character. He plays the villain really really well, and I feel like that's exactly what Dan Lambert does here. He plays the villain right. so incredibly well, and he knows. He knows just how close to the line to get in terms of pissing off fans and what exact things to go after as well. As in, I wouldn't be surprised if backstage, when Dan Lambert's been pitching what the gimmick essentially is, he's even used the phrase walking Facebook profile, <laughs> which is just an amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and as soon as Paige had that, I was like, that is brilliant. <laughs> uh, but it, that, that, that just screams what, that, what, what the gimmick really is. <laughs> he's just scrolling through social media, finding the worst of uh, wor- the baddest of bad faith takes and making that his character because they know it will piss off the audience. It's like, uh, it's like MJF saying, uh, I really like MJF's gimmick is, it's like, no, I'm really good. And I, I, AEW sucks. Your guys all suck. So I am going to go to WWE. <laughs> and because he knows it's going to piss off the fans just to say, oh, no, I am going to go. <laughs> like, trust me, in like four years when my contract is up, you're going to have to pay me so much money to keep me because I am leaving for the other place. It's like, oh, such, such a good gimmick. It works so damn well. You could even <laughs> genuinely Brian Pillman them in a couple of years if he changes his mind. But still, it, works yeah. if, it works for the crowd. I don't know why, because I'm just like... If y'all hate him like y'all claim y'all do, and he gets heat like that, and he says he's gonna leave WWE, I'd be like, if me personally, when I was a kid, and someone said I'm going oh, to yeah. leave and go to, I'm going to leave and go to WCW, or I'm going to leave and go to WF, I'd be like, and I wasn't watching the other one, I'd be like, fine, leave, or better yet, say like, <laughs> I'm I'm leaving, I'm going to ECW before I started watching ECW, I'd be like, fine, mm. leave, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> but they're like, boo, you're going to WWE, it's like. And you know, seeing Punk had the great line. If you want to go over there and do that, go for it. We'll be. I'll still be here by the time you get fired. <laughs> like, I do. I do love watching like the kid, especially with the AW audience growing. You're seeing so many more children in the audience as well. Mm-hmm. I just love like the genuine reactions. Like my favorite one from my family. We went to see uh, Jack and the Beanstalk at the theater, and there was one part where, uh, oh, the you won't know them, but you're muted. So I can't hear what you're saying. They made a movie about Jack and the Beanstalk. Oh no! It's a, recently, a, no, as in um, when I was a kid. At, when I say the theatre, I mean like act act halls oh, on a okay, stage. Okay. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, gotcha, gotcha. yeah. Acting, gotcha. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so um, we went to see that as as, as kids. It might be like I think what well, probably was a pantomime, and uh, the two two uh, two kind of like kids comedy actors uh, called the Chuckle Brothers. They were on the show, and they did a bit where they would. Get out a cream pie. He's like, who wants a pie? <laughs> and my brother had the most genuine reaction of, oh, I'd really like one. They're delicious. I really would like one. Obviously, they're just going to put the whichever kid is going to splat it in the face. <laughs> but the most genuine reaction from my brother they could ever seen at a show, the sheer amount that he wanted to. He's <laughs> like, did anyone want a cake? He's like, oh, I want a cake. He's like, and me there as. Like, I'm two years older than him. I know what this is. <laughs> I've seen this rodeo before. <laughs> genuine excitement. Absolutely no idea. <laughs> it's just like, uh, just seeing that genuine excitement on kids' faces at shows. Oh, it's great. <laughs> I love it. 
Uh, my brother was an idiot. <laughs> he, he didn't get the, he didn't get the cake. Uh, anyway, Lance Archer turned up. Just to bring back from the tangent, <laughs> Lance Archer turns up. Hits an amazing blackout onto the chairs. With an incredible final statement. And yes, this is probably very likely building to a Lance Archer tele, uh, ch- championship match. That's what I'm looking for. Uh, and I did like as well when he came to the ring. He's charging for Lambert. And Lambert's absolutely petrified by the man. <laughs> An amazing way to put over how dangerous he is. Uh, but he's shouting at him. Like shouting, you're in the ring with a world champion. Don't, don't forget you're in the ring. With, what, 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 would, what would Jake do? What would Jake do? And that's when he goes to him. He's like, whether he tended to do that the entire time or not. It's like, oh yeah, I am in here with the world champion. I probably should beat him up and get a title match. That's more valuable than beating up Lambert. <laughs> to say. I wouldn't be surprised if he says that in his interview next week. Just to kind of give a bit more layers to the villain. Rather than, lol, I got you, didn't I? You thought I was going to take Lambert. It's like, no, I've realised in that moment, it's probably wiser for my career if I beat you up. Nothing personal. That type of thing. Yeah, but... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah a, decent, a decent return. If not, like, the most amazing hype thing in the world. But it's set up future good things. Which can say a lot for this show. It's set up I'm future just, good. I'm just happy he's but... back after what happened to his mm. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, to... The way he wrestles as well, that he, he's one of the, he's a big guy that likes to fly, and to get a kind of injury like that, uh, obviously we're not seeing him do like a proper wrestle yet. We don't know if he's adapted his style, which we see quite a lot with wrestlers. Obviously, as they pick up injuries over the course of their career, they will adapt their style a bit, like uh, like Sami Zayn, where he doesn't do the crazy stuff that he used to do anymore. I was, I was talking um, on Tuesday, where we were doing like the state of AW and uh, WWE review, and. I was just like, yeah, it's he's, he's like he's kind of gone Mick Foley in a way. Like he's come up with all these different ways to kind of limit the crazy, <laughs> the crazy, the crazy wrestling stuff. It's like, ah, oh, I could go full character here and make loads of money whilst not go crazy in the bump card. Like, like everyone said for years, Orange Cassidy, he's got this wrestling business sussed. Like, he takes so few bumps <laughs> and gets maximum reaction. <laughs> like he's he's got this figured out. <laughs> good on him. Good on him. Uh, but yeah. Lance, uh, Lance Archer, um, even be a, be a really, really good match. And it's just a shame that the last time we saw him was when he got his injury and he uh, he lost in the Eliminator Tournament. So it's not a mass amount of hype given the last time we saw him he lost. But they can heat him back up. We can, like, a couple of weeks uh, like for like this to be, like, a February title match. I think that works. Yeah, call up Marco, bring him back. <laughs> Need another squash match. Need another one. Oh yes! Oh, it was so good. Because <laughs> there was talk that his squash matches ever. Because his contract's probably coming up this year, and there was talk of uh, they pop- might probably won't renew it. And I was like, but this is the exact reason that you at least feature him. <laughs> Just have him get absolutely destroyed by the big boy. Oh, that was great. Uh, anyway, to teleporting Tony uh, with because as we get more backstage and uh, video stuff uh, with Arn, his son, and his other son Lee Johnson, Tully interrupting to adhere to their past and try to recruit the Andersons, get their name under the pinnacle banner. Uh, match set up between uh, Brock and Johnson to take on FTR. I was like, yeah, that's just the perfect setup to give FTR a win. I'm perfectly fine with that. Yeah, don't care about the match at all. <laughs> yeah, perfectly fine. I'm not expecting much. <laughs> it's fine. Like, it, the match could be good. Just let Arn and Tully just sit there in their corners and not interact. Oh, they're like, getting how many times? How many times they interacted in matches already in AEW in the last, what, or since mm. Tully came around? I feel mm. like it's been like two or three or four. And it, it never really goes anywhere. It's just uh, like, hey, remember this thing from 40 years ago? 
I'm like, no, I'm so, under 30. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> it is also like, yeah. it, like the last one I remember was the one when it was um, a trios match and it was FTR. Or actually, it was a quattros match. It was FTR and um, Andrade and uh, not MJF. Maybe an Alistair. I think, I think it was Alex. I think it was Alex. I think it was Yeah, and it was, it was against, yeah, and it was against like um, it was against Cody and uh somebody Cody and Pack and Cody. I think the Lucha Bros. Mm. Yeah, yeah it's like, the big multi-man uh, tag thing. Yeah, and they ended up in the ring or whatever else after everybody took dives to the floor and the crowd's popping for them and everything, and then like um Andrade's dude uh I forgot like the bookkeeper I forgot his name or whatever else like he gets into the ring and they basically like hit moves on on them to get out of it. And I was like. All right, so y'all really have nothing for Arn and Tully as far as you know, physical interaction. Like, never do it again. And then, lo and behold, like, like two months later, they're already back at it again. <laughs> ah. Or three months, two and a half months later, whatever. You gotta, you gotta get in that fifty plus. Just that, oh, that 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 key, that key television demo. <laughs> you gotta get it in. Which <laughs> what makes me laugh about I NXT. Guess. What makes me laugh about NXT the most is now that the data is coming through. Uh, thank you, Brandon Thurston, the amazing collection of data. But yeah, the. The NXT audience, even though they're doing everything to aim at that younger audience, when I say everything, I don't even know if they know really what they want the identity of that show to be. But they they try to get get the younger audience, but the average viewership is getting higher, <laughs> which is crazy. Yeah, the median, yeah, like two point. I was like black and gold at the end. It was like in the mid to high fifties, and now two point median average uh, viewer. Uh, viewer ages, or sorry, median viewer age is like 62, 63. Mm. Sometimes yeah. you'll see 64. And it's like, okay. <laughs> you, you say you knew better than Triple H and, and whoever else is helping them put the show together. Um, we'll see over time. We'll see how this goes. <laughs> like you're putting AJ Styles on television and then your demo is doing like the shits. So, all right. <laughs> well, so the numbers did come out for AEW uh, before we went live. And uh, I think they got. Oh yeah, it was a uh, nine nine six nine thousand was the number. Obviously, retweeted with a noise because it's sixty nine. But it was a it was a uh, for me that's like that's that's good for me because I was like if it's near a million or whatever, like if it's below, if you're getting towards eight hundred seven hundred thousand, like oh that's an unfortunate dip. But it's it's pretty much at a, at one million. It's like just shy of it. And I'm like you know what that that's fine. If like a million is the mean... average, if we have ups and downs around that number then that's actually more than decent. If I had told you three years ago that a card that, that looked like Matt Hardy mm. versus Penta, Penta, Daniel Garcia versus Sammy Guevara, uh, let's see, uh, CM Punk versus Wardlow, uh, who else, what else is on this card? Like, And I told you that it was going to almost get a million viewers. You'd have been like, hell no. Like, no, no, who will watch that? <laughs> yeah. yeah, like, look. Like, look, uh, Dante Martin versus Powerhouse Hobbs. Like, three years ago, you'd be mm. like, who? Who are these people? Mm. Uh, the Acclaim versus Bear Country. Really? Close to a million? <laughs> Serena D versus mm. Akaro Shida? This, this card did almost a million viewers? Like, I don't know how you saw this anything other than a success. Yeah, that, that, that's exactly... Especially when uh, the, the TV broadcast station themselves were like, ah, 500,000 would be happy. It's like, well... Happy yeah, with right. that, yeah. <laughs> and hi, Mark in the chat. <laughs> How are you doing? Uh, but yeah, so moving on to Kawashita versus Serena Deeb. We touched on this a little bit right back at the start, but mm -hmm. Deeb charging out, chopping down the knee. I, I called this like, after this match finished. I hit my fatigue point. 
but yeah, uh, uh, attack it, beating down Shida, destroying that knee, and then as the match starts, it's just a complete assault on it. Shida completely unable to fight out, and Serena just wrenched back on the thing as the ref called for the bell. After the match, Shida, I did like the touch that Shida was pissed the ref didn't let her continue to fight. It was just a little touch. As I was like, like, why did you stop that? I'm really pissed off about this. Uh, before Deep rained down and broke a kendo stick as she continually smashed it down on Shida's knee. Uh, and TJ and Sky Blue, I guess, are her friends because they came down, assisted her. To, I guess it's to set up Sky Blue versus Serena Deep. As in, yeah. <laughs> Somebody was saying, like, oh, Sky Blue's going to all innocently run down and get completely folded up, destroyed and broken. <laughs> Poor girl. <laughs> <laughs> like the friend set up for future tags I was like yeah uh, yeah and uh, yeah poor sky blue poor sky blue uh, yeah <laughs> i mean we talked about it earlier do if you got uh, anything else to add or yeah like my, the reason why i hit my my, my fatigue point was like mm. i saw the first few matches and like as you mentioned similar a uh, uh, similar uh story the first one was disappointing and i got to this match and like they have good matches like this was the fourth match. The three one, uh, the three previous ones were were good or very good. So I was I was ready to like kind of sink my teeth in, like going into like the nine o'clock or the second hour of the show. And then like the fact that it, you know the attack on the outside, um, at, before the match even the bell even rang, and then like how quickly the match ended, I was like it kind of you know it kind of took deflated me, and I was like oh okay let's let's get to this main event at least. But uh, but yeah like maybe it's not over, but I feel like. This is a good place to end, uh, close the chapter on their, you know, potential uh, rob- long-term rivalry. Like to say that Deeb won here, Sheeta won each time she won. It was by, uh, you know, not necessarily the cleanest thing as a babyface. And Deeb basically hurt her, and now she's moving up the card, and they'll come back to it eventually. I'd be okay with that. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think they need a fifth one like in two weeks. <laughs> oh yeah, totally, totally. Uh, after this, Jungle Express wants challengers when Silver and Reynolds let us know not only are they top five hunks, <laughs> they're also ranked in the top five. <laughs> A title match set up for Rampage. I did like how if you watch Jungle Boy, he's just trying not to laugh. Uh, especially, <laughs> with the, it, was, it was when Christian did his jab. <laughs> it was like, oh, are you uh, looking for teams ranked in the top five? And Christian just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. could you let us know if you find any? <laughs> to which they immediately, like, immediately their reaction was, Oh, yeah, yeah, we will. Oh, wait, no, we're top five. <laughs> That's what we are, yeah. <laughs> it's like that. Uh, yeah. Silver and Reynolds. Silver's a treasure. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just give, give me as much of that man as possible. Uh, after that was the Matt Hardy versus Pentelcero Miedo match, which we talked about right at the start. The debut of Brody King. The large tattooed male arrived. Then it was Statlander backstage with Red Velvet and Layla Hirsch. The positive, we got a backstage women's interview without a surprise attack. That's that's positive. Finally, it's happened. It can happen. Aside from that, no, (laughs) no. Aside from that, okay. I was kind of like, I was just, I was just like, I already reached my fatigue point. I was just kind of like, this. There's so many little segments that I don't think need to be in this show, but you're trying to create a reason for the match on Rampage to exist. There isn't one, (laughs) really. This is, uh, yeah, it's. The way the lines were delivered, it was just kind of like uh, I was watching the Wrestle Talk review earlier, and someone said that their wife walked in and was watching the later half of this show with them. And immediately, the, the wife's reaction was, 
Oh, well, it's good to see the acting in AEW is just as bad as WWE. <laughs> it's just like, uh, I mean. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, there is a subplot going on with um, with Hirsch in, in um, Statlander. Uh, they had a match on TV uh, recently. In like the, um, I can't remember if it was Dynamite or Rampage, but they had a match. Um, and it was about how like they had a falling out, how they were, you know, um, they were kind of fraying or whatever their friendship or respect for each other or whatever else. Uh, and I think, you know, stat one and then st- stuck her hand out to Layla late and shake the hand. Uh, so, I mean, there's, there's something there, but it's not much. And then, you know, once you put out the part where like Layla can work, Layla can, can carry people way bigger than her and all that kind of stuff. And she, you know, um, and she's a, she's a good wrestler, but like, as far as acting and charisma, that's not really her thing. She's, she, like the preamble and all that kind of stuff and uh, laying the groundwork, like nah, like she's not she's not TV ready in my opinion to mm. like deliver lines or whatever else. And that showed um, in that moment. And then Statlander wasn't much better than her, uh, <laughs> mm. so it was it was rough. It was short, but it was still rough. Yeah, for me, this is why Dark and Elevation exists to kind of get those reps in for this kind of segment, so that you're not yes, it's not quite as stilted. And I've, I've, in the past, I've praised AEW for not doing the WWE thing of, well, this is how wrestlers are presented, therefore everybody has to be able to do these things. Even it's like Ricochet. Why have you got Ricochet trying to jab like he's Cena? Like, just, no. <laughs> just absolutely not. Um, but it's a similar thing, kind of. Like, well, well, well rest, the in these backstage statements, wrestlers will deliver these lines and do these things, therefore everyone needs to do them. It's like, surely Layla Hirsch doesn't need to. Like, that's... That's not why she. That's not the attraction of Leila Hirsch. It's a. I mean, it can be, but this this segment screamed like dark or elevation. I don't know why it's on the show itself. It's a weird one. Really, it was one of those things. Another thing is like, some of this stuff can be pre-taped. Hmm. Oh yeah, and, with not a better take. And, and if <laughs> yeah. yeah, like and if this yeah, like and I just don't know why it wasn't. And if it was, and I'm just mistaken, like I, that was the best. That was the best version they got out of that. <laughs> really? Mm. <laughs> Yikes! Yeah. Uh, I will say at least it's a you, you don't you don't get any of the other weird stuff from like a WWE segment. Where at least for this one, it's the camera that everybody knows is there it's the interviewer it's that type of thing there's all the beats are fine there's no surprise attack hooray that's an aw trope really <laughs> and that was kind of gone um <laughs> in wwe you, you get that plus you get all the weird camera production thing around it because everything is like we'll shoot this right now nothing is thought about or storyboarded or anything <laughs> it's just right let's do it right here right now and because they have the whole what well, is the camera there or not WWE for me for their backstage segments need more planning in AW it's well we know the camera's there therefore we can just immediately shoot they don't need anything extra they have to think about it with WWE purely because of their own production their own world rule means the production has to think about it <laughs> it's just you're putting a barrier in front of yourself for no reason <laughs> just, just acknowledge the camera it's piss easy like at the start of every single elite video they're always, especially Adam Cole, the kind of Riley's getting in as well, <laughs> with whatever the name of the guy holding the camera is. Who knows? I like how Brick Baker also didn't know Brandon's name. <laughs> just like, who is the random person? But yeah, just at the start of every one of those, he was like, is it running? Are we good? Right, okay, go. For me, that's just, it's just a nice touch. Immediately just lets you know the situation of the room and then into what they're trying to say. It doesn't take up, doesn't ruin anything. Like, you know the context now, it's fine. Uh, anyway... Moving on to Bear Country versus the Acclaimed. 
Uh, the line, you've got no shot like Novak Djokovic, is a dangerous line to say to two big hairy bear boys <laughs> who are about to beat the crap out of you. And bears on top before a quick ref distraction, a legal man snap and cast that elbow drop for the win. Uh, for me, like, there was a, a lot more to that match. And I'm like, but I didn't really care. For, I, I, can't, I don't know how much of it was on fight. I don't know if this match was relatively short on TV, like either side of an ad break. But for me, there was a very long portion of the match of Bear Country doing things, and then the acclaim just snapped into the win. I got none on this one. All right. <laughs> I mean, it's like, like I've it got was, I've literally like, got two sentences. It was like <laughs> a six-minute match. Like mm. the acclaim won, whatever. Mm. Whatever. Like yeah. I. That was a that was a dark match that was put on dynamite. Yeah, actually, yeah, especially after what we were just talking about, we felt like there was a backstage segment from Dark ended up on Dynamite. The match that followed was the same, which is weird. That said, the all happy and celebratory after the win, when the lights go down and we get the generally great visualization of uh, Caster. I think they were both on the uh, ramp actually, uh, and it all goes dark. The lights fade out again on this show, <laughs> but when they come back on, it's a bright white light of the sun, with the snow coming down as it's, it's Sting. But just that visual of the shadow of the acclaimed on the ramp as you realise Sting's there, and I'm just like, God, that's such a great visual. <laughs> it's them mm. completely illuminated by Sting's lights. Uh, Darby Allen as well with charging out of the ring with an amazing dive through the ropes, wielding the skateboard. <laughs> he just doesn't hold back from, as CM Punk said, there's no point in me ever doing a suicide dive ever again because how could I ever do one as good as Darby Allen? <laughs> like everyone should just retire the move. <laughs> so good. Uh, JR putting over the sheer amount of teams stepping up in this segment as well, which is, for me, this was because I felt it at the end of the last episode where Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus are holding up the titles. And then all of the tag teams walk out to the ramp. I wasn't sure how much of that was to pad for time, given what happened to Phoenix. But they're all out there on the ramp. And then they start to show shots of people in the crowd. And then on the commentary, they were saying that, oh, it, looks, it appears like all the eyes on the uh, tag champs now. This week, kind of added to that, especially when you got Brody King debuting and uh, all the different people stepping up to the champions. But also, it's, the, it's, it's, it's my role with WWE. If you don't always know what story they're telling, just listen to the commentators. That's the story they're at least trying to tell. Even if, we're like, with the image in front of you, it's clearly not. The commentators tell you what they're trying to tell. And in this moment, JR just really, really strongly just saying, putting over the sheer amount of tag teams stepping up, and I'll be really surprised if there isn't going to be a tournament or something, or a casino battle royal. <laughs> or just, they're, they're really putting over lots and lots of teams and really fleshing out the division. And I'm just like... Why would you... I know they put a lot of focus on the tag division, but you're really fleshing it out. There must be a reason for this. Is that... Didn't, uh, didn't the Lucha Bros get the tag title shot uh, at, at um for the title change by winning the, the tournament, the eliminated tournament for the tag teams last year? Oh, did they? Is that how they did it? I could, I could search I, that. I could have sworn it was something like that. Ugh, eliminate... Oh, I've realised I've done the singles. Uh oh, it started on Rampage. You're right. Yes. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. 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 So that's the one. Yeah. 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 So I mean, it, it doesn't always go exactly the same time of the year all the time, but um, you know, 
you know, and also people have been floating around, you know, because of all the factions that are around, like, they could be doing trios titles, and that's been floating around. So all this tag stuff could eventually turn into trio stuff because, you know, there's so many tag mm. teams inside these factions. Yeah, well, especially so we'll as like see. Malachi Black as well, after Brody King thing, he was actively taunting them with a three. Right. <laughs> so as in, Brody King is not it. There is there is another, right. be it somebody already on the roster, be it somebody to come in or whatever. Uh, that's always the case. Uh, so yeah. But anyway, yeah, Sting and Darby Allin really stuck in their claim. I found it quite interesting that JR's focus after all of that was to hype up the amount of teams that are stepping up in AW over the attack that we saw, like setting the story. Because JR's a very strong story guy, so for him to not set up the story, it's like, ah, there must be something here then. Uh, speaking of spe- there's something being there, pack, full gear, in freezing cold Newcastle. <laughs> like, here we go again. Uh, pack just saying, here we go again, alone and desolate. He's not angry. He appreciates the blessing. Now, if anything, his vision has never been so clear as he's got the blindfold around him in his full gear. <laughs> I'm just like, are we going to get a daredevil type gimmick? Like an absolutely awesome kick-ass <laughs> uh, blind, uh, blind gimmick. It's like, I don't know if anyone can pull that off as, as in like not something silly. Pack is it, surely. <laughs> surely Pack is it. <laughs> Uh, he's the one guy where he wouldn't seem stupid and ridiculous. But also, maybe don't do a blind gimmick. <laughs> you don't have to do that either. <laughs> that is on the table. You don't have to do it. This can just be a bit to build. Or he is the third guy in the stable. That can also work as well. But I don't know which. I don't know which. Um, which boys. I don't. I don't know what it means. I. I, I don't know. We'll see. Like. Pack is one of those things where, like, he's almost like an attraction in a way because of his travel situation. Mm. Um, so, you know, whatever whatever's next for him, I'm interested to see because, like, he's one of my favorite wrestlers in AEW. Oh, he's so damn good. And the conversation even happened on Twitter. He's like, should Pack be included in the best talk is an AEW conversation? Because it's, it's, for me, he's one of those who's probably underrated in that category. The, the bar is so incredibly high, but I would definitely say I, yeah. he's underrated. I think the thing with him is that his um his batting average for talking segments are as high as like the best guys. It's just that he doesn't get as many at bats mm. as other people or at shots at doing it. Like, um, you know, I, I think that you know I think Malachi. I think he's kind of in that Malachi in um a kind of scenario where it's like you give him a talk, you give him a video package where he gets to cut a promo in the video package. It's always spectacular. Um. <laughs> But, like, as far as in front of a live audience, they don't really do that with him. So, uh, you know, I don't know if, how you want to categorize it, but, like, he's definitely up there. I enjoy mm. all the stuff he does. Like, I remember when <laughs> I remember when, uh, when he was trying to get his title shot, uh, when he was trying to get Omega for the, uh, uh, what was it, uh, the, the Iron Man match. Mm. And he had mentioned, like, I've, I've, the line was something like, I've won, like, I've won belts on like five different continents and like I, you know, and I took, I beat your Kenny Omega in like, on like 72 hours notice. And like, I sent that, I sent the hangman to go, I think he said I sent the hangman to the cowboy to go back to his farm and tend to his dead horse. It was something like that. Like he's just, he's just a killer t- talker. I love him. Like he's just so mean and, and, and grumpy and like, I love him. I love him. I love that fucking guy. <laughs> and obviously an Englishman, just him using all of our phrases. <laughs> he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. I love seeing the reactions. <laughs> uh, me realising. Yeah, are, like, oh, yeah. are you taking the piss? <laughs> <laughs> Everybody 
said that Shivani after the Iron Man match, I howled. <laughs> Still, my favorite is seeing the reaction to Billy Big Bollocks, man. <laughs> just seeing that reaction, <laughs> it's just like, oh, it's brilliant. <laughs> you don't know, obviously, obviously, you don't know phrases and sayings, but obviously, why would you know the one? It sounds funny though. Yeah, it sounds funny. Like I know yeah. what bollocks is. Yeah. I know what bollocks is, but like, okay, I, I I get that part, but I didn't know like you know, obviously, culture, cultural mm. like might have a bigger connotation than just balls, but whatever. <laughs> uh, anyway, after that was the rundown for the card. I think I'll, I'll, I'll end the review on the rundowns for what's coming up next. Okay. That might be a nice pacing. Uh, Matt Hardy with Tony. We talked about this earlier. Uh, Matt Hardy's like, down after the loss. Like maybe maybe something should change here. When Andrade El Idlo comes in with his uh, business message, he wants to negotiate a deal uh, off of the one from Rampage, which got a genuine laugh out of me. When it was like, how much for the little the, the little guy? It was like, how much does he pay the little guy? <laughs> I want the little guy. Yeah. It's like, no, no, they're friends. Why does why does the yeah. little guy work for Sting? For yeah. Mr. Sting? <laughs> yeah. Was it? No, no, they're friends. How do you know? Oh, okay, <laughs> how do you know? Yeah, yeah. He goes, he's like, okay, how do you know? How do you know? It's like, because yeah. I've known you know, Shivani, he's like, because I've known Sting for 35 years. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just loved it. <laughs> Uh, but th- this is obviously not as funny as that on this one. But yeah, Andrade working up a business deal with Matt Hardy. Uh, I don't know where this is going. Uh, it's, it's, it's an interesting. It's, it's, it's when I say it's an interesting pair, because I would never in a million years have even thought to put these two together. One one thing I will give uh, AEW credit for is when Andrade is when he like hangs out with the other like evil factions. Like it involves like the factions that are involved that are like really like uh, uh, let's say money money driven. Mm. So like, yes, I will give MJF money to <laughs> then have FTR do henchman work for me because they're goons, right? <laughs> they're hired goons. Like uh, the Hardy family office, like they're all about money because like you know this whole thing started when Matt started trying to scam people. So mm. I, I I I enjoy this part where it's like. What is relation? Money. The money is <laughs> yeah. relation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I really do like the Andrade characters. It's like, oh, I just wish he had more bigger programs. I, 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 did, I did, he, for me, he's really shown how great he can be. Like he's immediately into that upper mid card and could very quickly just jump up to main event guy. It's just, there's just not like a space for him right now. Like I would not have been against him being like Page's first challenger, other than the fact that you. He's not at a point where you believe him really challenging and winning. Archer, for me, is a much better kind of uh, filler feud guy. I don't want Andrade to be a filler feud. Yeah. I feel like he's way above same, that. Same, same, yeah. same. Anyway, on to the, speaking of uh, filler feuds, on to the main event of the interim TNT Championship. Simon Guevara versus Daniel Garcia in a match I really, really loved. And watching Daniel Garcia just wrestle, there's so many little touches he puts to things. It just really helps sell it. Or give it like an edge where it feels not as clean, but that really adds that kind of dangerous damage to like a submission move or something. That for him to be wrestling like this at such a young age is like, oh, he's 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 something special. And I found myself saying the same thing with like some of their other because well, the name that we were given were the four killers playing off of the four pillars. <laughs> so Hook and Daniel Garcia in, in that. Who are like, the other two? I think they said, I'm trying to remember, Hook, Daniel Garcia, Dante Martin, and, oh, is there a fourth young, like, teenage or early 20s guy they've got? Who they're... Would it be Lee Moriarty? Oh, it could be Lee Moriarty. It could be Lee okay. Moriarty. Actually, no, because uh, Lee Moriarty's powerhouse helps he's in that category, I guess, as well. 
like okay. potential uh, top future guy. And is Lee Johnson that young too? Or is he a bit older? I think he's that young. Uh, I don't know, but I think he might be too small potatoes right. for for mm. that like uh, yeah cl- billing, if mm. you will. But yeah, so you've got your four pillars who are, for me, I like the idea of them saying these are the next four champions and then they just work through them. Um, but yeah, so you've got the the four pillars who are, for me, work through them slowly, obviously next. You figure out the order of who's most ready or whatever. Then you've got the four killers who, over the, by the time those four pillars have all been gone through, these these four guys, <laughs> it's, oh my God, the future is so bright for AW And Daniel Garcia, my word. I, I really do love the fact that AW are giving those guys, like, not just a few opportunities, but, like, main event opportunities as well, which is it, so darn great to see. Uh, we'll say the focus afterwards was not on them. It's like, oh, that sucks. <laughs> but they still got to wrestle in the main event because one day the focus will be on them. I think that's kind of why I'm fine with it. AW are telling me one day the focus will be on them. It's, it's not today, but it will be. And we're getting their reps in so they are ready for that moment. It's like, yeah, yeah. Obviously, it's one of those proofing concepts type of things where when, once we see it kind of playing out, because we're not even at one of the pillars becoming champion yet. We've not. That's that's still not. That's not happened yet. <laughs> we're, we've got Hangman's right. Lane to get through first. Still a fair bit of time, but never mind. Moving. Never mind talking about Daniel Garcia as a champion main event. It's like no, 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 no. We've got like a decade <laughs> to get through first. Like no, no, don't much anything. <laughs> we can get through it. Also, that's me. Like I'm, I'm pretty much settled that AW will be around for quite a while, especially as oh yeah, they're just destroying all the expectations of the uh, TV station. And yeah. and setting up for such a long term future that I can't see much trouble really. Uh, anyway, both Kingston and Jericho were at ringside. Don't worry, I saw David Crockett was watching the Watchmen. <laughs> there'll, be, there'll be like crazy shenanigans here. Uh, but yeah, pillars uh, a pillar against a killer as AEW's future main events uh, dynamite once again. Hell of a back and forth as Garcia strikes and counters over and over. No easy shooting star or go to hell on this night. Uh, like, go to hell into an awesome sharpshooter. Uh, the, the double springboard cutter grounded with a bloody choke, which was awesome. Uh, but Sammy himself wasn't going to give up so easily, kicking out after a great brainbuster near fall. I think that might have been after the sharpshooter or the bloody choke. Can't remember. But it was just amazing to transition into the brainbuster. I thought it was it a brainbuster. I thought was it was it a short, or I thought it was a power driver. Or was it, it was a power driver. Oh, I must have looked away as the impact happened. But yeah, the driver onto it, it was onto his head. I got yeah, that yeah, bit, yeah. 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 Uh, when 2.0 were out to clock down Kingston and Jericho, the numbers against Sammy. But if anything, it unfocused Garcia, who clocked into Matt or Jeff. <laughs> I didn't notice which one it was. And finally into the go-to-hell for Guevara to retain, which is when we then got the post-match beatdown into Jericho and Kingston, saving the day. Uh, fair to say, Eddie wasn't exactly on par with Chris taking control of the beating with that baseball bat. When Kingston's so desperate to just beat up Garcia, and <laughs> Jericho's there taking it away from him, uh, completely squaring off, and the show going off the air with Jericho and Kingston squaring each other down. Uh, yeah, James, what did you make of all of this? I uh, really enjoyed the match. Um, I, I really like Daniel Garcia's stuff. Um, pretty much every single match he's had in AEW has been televised. I've enjoyed it. Mm. Uh, like, I see, I, you know, I, I see some of the guys like Garcia, like Moriarty, and, like, I see some of the stuff they do, and I see, and I kind of know where it comes from, and I, like, really enjoy how they incorporate, like, their games into also, like, liking some certain things in Joshi and Piro in general. So, um, I, 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 
you know, I really enjoy his style. Um, so seeing him in uh, Sammy, you know, because Sammy, he, I think sometimes his uh, his striking can be hit hit or miss, especially when he, especially earlier on. I think it's been more consistent of late. Uh, but you know, seeing him in there with someone that's actually like, all right, if you throw shitty looking strikes, like it's gonna be it's gonna look bad in comparison to me. So you better bring it in. Like boy, did they 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 tore into each other uh, with some big shots. Um, with chops and, or sorry, with uh, with four, or sorry, uh, open hand strikes and like the go to ki- the go to hell that uh, he gave, um, he gave Garcia for the finish. Like he didn't even fully rotate over. He just need him while he was still like kind of hung on, oh, uh, yeah. hung on his shoulder. <laughs> I was like that looked brutal. Uh, but yeah, it was it was fun. It was fun. Uh, and like you know, when it comes time for them to do the interim champ versus actual champion match, like. People are going to boo him even hard, like given what Sammy's done and keeps doing. Like he, they're going to boo Cody even harder against uh, Guevara the next this time around. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, like I don't know. I hope that was the plan, and I hope there's actually a hill turn because like I've had enough of Cody and the good guy that gets booed, Roman Reigns, John Cena, Charlotte Flair thing. I think that I'll, I've always thought that sucked as a program, as a, as a fan to watch, like to watch mm. these crowd reactions not be what you want them to be, even though the crowd, even though the company doesn't want it to be that way. And then they have to play it off as something else. And like, hopefully it is going to be a catalyst for a heel turn sooner rather than later, because like this long, this long layout of this, if it, if it actually is going to happen, like I, I don't want to suffer through it. I just don't. <laughs> I think I think I was mo- I've been mostly fine with it, but for me it does have like a time limit on it. And if you it gets mm. to a point where okay, now this just is the status quo. Like they they got to that with John Cena in WWE. It's like it's just the status quo that some people dislike him, some people like him, and I'm and I'm just like ah. This could be so much more though. And with Cody, you got that opportunity because he's not like the top guy or anything. He's in the perfect role to maybe flip flop. He, Rich has came up with has thought about has mentioned something to me. Uh, I've, he may have mentioned on the show before. I'm not sure, but um, he pointed out like my whole thing was like, look, uh, I think the thing with Cody is like he made himself a mid Carter by doing the stupid I could never be AEW champion if I don't win it in my first shot thing, hmm. um, and then like and more or less rele- relegated him to like him almost being like a gatekeeper for to mid card. For young guys, whether you know, especially with the TNT title, where he was taking on you know Darby and Jungle Boy and whoever else over the you know over the two years, whatever else, and then like then he's in there with QT Marshall and then Anthony Ogogo, and then you're kind of like, wait a second, man. Like Rich is like, it's not that like yeah, it's selfless that he's out here feuding with the next generation of guys and quote unquote getting them over, but he's also like doing this thing where like he is still a top guy, but like he won't get in the mix with any other top guy. And he is more or less like just by doing that, he's not doing any jobs in the top guy. So like mm. as, as much as selfless as you feel like on one end, you could also say it's selfish. Cause like, he's not like, why when, you know, after Moxley's title reign, why didn't he go face Moxley and go and go promo for promo with, you know, two of the best talkers in the industry and then have a match. Mm. Yeah. Exactly. You know, like that would that would have been helpful for a lot of these guys in you know down cycles. Like, what's Daniel? What's Brian Danielson going to do? Like, what is Adam Cole going to do in the future? And it's like, oh well, there he's Cody's in mid mid uh, card land. No, everybody else is the top guys, and they're actually beating each other. Yeah, but yeah, they dropped down to Cody's 
level. <laughs> but he's then busy with the <laughs> whatever's next. I feel like it's just ne- maybe it's just a thing where it's never happened yet, but like it's been like two years almost. Oh yeah. Like I feel like because he was like in the first year of AW, like one of the most over baby faces. In... He won most over baby face the last five years of American yeah. Pro Wrestling. Like it was incredible to see. Uh, for me, I don't again I don't mind the turn. And the fact that he's wearing the Homelander gear was just such an absolutely screaming thing of either you're missing the entire point of the character. <laughs> this is just like, yeah, America. This is an over this is a like a superhero for America. Or it is on the nose on purpose. Which I like to immediately think it is. Where it is you will that, hope it is, yeah. Yeah. Especially given like the type of level you've seen from both from Cody in the, the Bullet Club is fine angle. Like you saw levels of detail in there so you know he can do it. And the way that AW tells stories as well. So I'm I'm fine with him kind of treading that homelander line of I truly believe I am a good guy, but everyone everyone who gets to know him immediately knows he's not. <laughs> and I do yeah. I do like that and that becoming more and more yeah. open and apparent as time goes on. Yeah. Um so and, hopefully and, and it, maybe it'll be more apparent if you stop going through flaming tables to get our affection. Oh yeah. <laughs> Which again works if they're doing the homelander thing because he's uh, I'm doing all of this He's ab- peacocking. Yeah, he's peacock. <laughs> yeah, and the he's, then he does work a bit worse and worse things to get the affection because that's the thing he craves the most, which is basically, I guess, I say spoilers for the Homelander character, but that's the thing that drives him the most is that affection, and when he doesn't get it, that's when you see things turn, and for Cody, the fact that he's getting that fifty-fifty split, as things slowly turn, hopefully he doesn't take as long as it takes the show to get to the point <laughs> of like an ultimate snap of anything given series three and he comes out this year it's like please don't try and keep in line with the show because the, the tv show has like a massive production to under overhaul to undertake <laughs> it would be ages <laughs> i don't really keep this going for like two three more years <laughs> please uh yeah it's reached a point uh, for me no. i'm just I I, I I can't stand it for six more months <laughs> i feel like it, for me it's reached a point where i need it to go somewhere and even if it's just somewhere, I don't need it to immediately like reach the destination of right, do the heel turn right now. I just need to progress from where it is now. Like give right. me an inkling it's going in a direction. Um, right. Otherwise, I will just fall into the John Cena thing of oh, okay, this could be great, but it's not, is it? It's just going to be oh, when he comes out, oh, he's controversial. Some people like him, some people hate him, and that that's right. it. You don't really go into why. It's like, oh, but I want to go into why. <laughs> and AW feel like are competent in doing that, which would make it a bigger missed opportunity because that competency is there, which would make it right. worse if they don't do it. Uh, it's a higher bar. It's a higher bar in AW. Anyway, that brings us to the end of this episode of uh, Dynamite. Uh, this Friday on Rampage, we have Trent versus Adam Cole, Statlander, Velvet, and Hirsch versus Nyla Rose, Penelope Ford, and The Bunny, Sean Spears versus... Andrew Everett, <laughs> okay, good for him. <laughs> He's on rampage out of nowhere. Uh, a look at Thunder Rosa versus Mercedes Martinez and the main event of the AEW World Tag Team Championship, Jungle Express versus Dark Orders, John Silver and Alex Reynolds. And for Dynamite next week, I, I do like this with AEW where there's that hype train is constantly rolling and you know what's on the next episode. For the next two shows that are coming up, you immediately know what's right around the corner. Uh, Cassidy and Statlander versus Cole and Baker, the big mixed tag match. Punk versus Spears. Deeb versus Sky Blue. The return of Cody Rhodes. (laughs) The triumphant return of our hero. Uh, Sting and Darby versus The Acclaimed as well. And 
yeah, there's a lot. There's a, the, the thing I like about the AW train is right around the corner, there's like five or six different things per show before you get anywhere near the actual show itself. It's like, yeah, I'm a massive fan. You're not going to have a WWE thing of, oh, pay-per-view out of nowhere. Oh, crap, we need to do some quick feuds. <laughs> it's like, how can a pay-per-view yeah. catch you out of nowhere? <laughs> you control <Yeah>. everything. <laughs> this is so right. weird. <laughs> and yeah. Yeah, AW just obviously they do the four pay per views a year thing, but with their weekly shows, they, like the next show is already massively thought about. Right. It, yeah. And this isn't even necessarily like a critique of only WWE does. It's like NXT used to do that. Mm. Like NXT before it got moved to live television, you would know the entire card of next week, and then you would yeah. know like two or three things like the week, the next week after that. Um, and then, you know, weeks at, you know, and then you get to the four big pay-per-views or five big pay-per-views per year. And like, even, even at their, you know, at certain times, uh, it will be bad as far as knowing what will happen the next week on, once it went to national television, which is USA, but like most of the black and gold era, like you knew more than half the stuff that was going to happen on the next show. Yeah. So yeah, it, it's, it's a Vince McMahon, Bruce Pritchard, uh, in a way, also uh, Paul Heyman uh, problem than an actual like uh, WWE problem. Mm. Like the rest of pro wrestling knows how to tell you what the hell is going to happen next. Just <laughs> them, no. Mm. I think uh, when I was talking about the state of AWWE on Tuesday, one of the things I brought up was like it's just like you're not telling. It's not like when you're telling a story to a kid and you're like, well, I don't, I, and they go, oh, can you tell me this at bedtime? It's like, oh, can you tell me the uh, can you continue the story, please? And you're like, oh crap, I've not thought about this. I don't know where this is going. <laughs> it's just like, we'll see. Let's see where this goes. It's like, no, you're on national television. <laughs> this is like, you should probably be thinking ahead about what's going here. Uh, compared to with the kid, it was like, oh, I don't know. The owl, uh, the owl went to the school. I don't know. I <laughs> don't like, thought about it. It's not the same world. Uh, right. Yeah. Like, if you want to be a soap opera, be a soap opera in like treat the end of your show like it's the Friday cliffhanger. Mm. Yeah. Get people hooked to it for the next week. Yeah. They, eh. Yeah. And when you watch AEW. No, I, no, I don't want to. I don't, I don't want to <laughs> tell people what's coming next. Okay. Okay, man. And what if I change my mind? It's like, I just, right. just believe in yourself. Well, I believe in your own product. That's the other, that's the one thing I think with WWE. Just believe in yourself. Like, <laughs> if, if you confidently stride forward with a story or something, even if it's crap, you at least presenting something with continuity or something rather than changing your mind every other week and I'm trying to keep up when I, when compared to starting a segment and not really getting engaged because I don't know if it will be going in a week's time it's like that's, that's not how to TV show <laughs> <Not at all. laughs> but yeah when you watch Dynamite like before the main event there's like just like I'm sorry people but we have got about 10 things just to quickly announce and get through <laughs> it's like yeah and it's just the, the speed they do it with as well I have to pause these to write down who's in the matches. <laughs> it's just because there's when the six woman tag came up, I'm like I, I had to wind go like go back. <laughs> just pause it. It's like I've not got everybody's name that's in this. Like I can't remember how to spell Hirsch for some reason. <laughs> it's just too much. <laughs> uh, but yeah, for me, a oddly paced dynamite with moments to talk about, and there is a lot of good coming off of the episode. But to actually sit and watch it, it wasn't the best. And yeah, me, the matches. Yeah, and for me to say that even like the worst episodes of Dynamite, there's still a million things to talk about. There's still so many things spinning off of it. It's still car. The car is still driving down that road incredibly quickly, and 
you know you know where things are going and that's great there's so many talking points even though not the best show to watch <laughs> so yeah yeah decent but oddly paced oddly structured it's kind of slowed and bogged it down anyway james before we get out of here do you want to plug all of your shit oh man um yeah, uh, find me on Twitter at JamesBoyd87. Um, also, I do a podcast with um, a contributor on uh, this show as well named Rich Lotta. Uh, it's called One Nation Radio. You can find us on Twitter at One Nation Radio. Um, we are in the process of uh, sending out our uh, One Nation Radio nominations. Uh, One Nation... Uh, ah, sorry, let me start over. We're in the process of sending out our One Nation Radio Awards of 2001 um as far as uh, the nomination sheets i think rich has it up i uh, i'll shoot you the um i'll shoot you the link uh to for people to vote um it's more or less the best and the worst of uh wwe AEW, new japan and stardom uh and i'm trying to think what else do we have on tap uh we did a show i think i'm br- I have trouble sleeping. Uh, sometimes I sleep one hour, so I don't sleep like some days, and I forget what day it is. So I, today is Thursday, correct? correct so Tuesday yeah. night, Tuesday night, <laughs> we did a show, basically going over nominees for that. So you can check that out if you want to. Um, but yeah, I'll be sure to um, send you send you the link to it, uh, Amp, so you can get your vote awesome. on too. Awesome. I did I did see Rich tweet it out, but obviously, okay, yeah, busy making my lighting absolutely perfect, <laughs> which is really not necessary again the majority of our audience listens to the podcast version <laughs> so awesome yeah i'm putting effort into this side <laughs> if you're a podcast only listener <laughs> one of the majority of you <laughs> i am putting effort i've got lovely lighting got lovely lighting. anyway I, i'm obviously waffling i need to go to bed i'm up in four hours <laughs> so it's gonna be fun oh man welcome <laughs> and- my world yeah. yeah, I don't have kids. I don't do this very often. I don't... <laughs> For me, getting up that early is not that regular, especially in like the lockdown pandemic world with so much stuff, many stuff just working from home. Like The computer's in the same room as my bed. If, I, if I'm really lazy, <laughs> I can just <laughs> go straight there. Uh, not recommended, by the way. Do get up in time and <laughs> wake up and like eat your breakfast, enjoy a cup of tea. I'm British. I obviously start the day with a cup of tea every day. That's not a. It's not a bit either. Generally, is that every a shoot? Day, that's a shoot every day. Start off with a cup of tea. <laughs> a shoot Britishness. <laughs> and if I ever go to America, I will. I've been told the American tea is awful, <laughs> so maybe it's not worth it. It's just, it's just. I've I've never had hot tea before, so I couldn't even tell you. Of course, yeah. Iced tea is a disgrace. <laughs> that's a thing in America. Yeah, <laughs> it's a, yeah. That's yeah. That's, I'm realizing that's a whole tangent. It is 2 a.m. I need to get to bed. <laughs> so anyway, uh, with that, I say you can follow me on Twitter at the damn implicator. Damn, if you want to ju- uh, follow me on Twitch, that's the implications with two S's. Uh, I am live. I need to hit up Vance uh, Morris, who I did the state of AWWE with la- on Tuesday. We only got halfway through because there were so many positives to talk about for both shows. It took us like an hour for each. I realised I'm not doing a four-hour podcast. <laughs> I'm not Jeremy Donovan. <laughs> I'm not doing this. <laughs> Let's split this in two. Uh, so I need to hit him up to hopefully record part two of that, as in the negatives. Hooray. Well, end of the show being lovely. We're going to end next week's show being horrible. <laughs> we hate wrestling and everything in it. That's the tone we go for. No, maybe, maybe on Tuesday we need to hit him up. Anyway, so I should be live on Tuesday if that works out. If not, I'll be here next week. No, I feel like I am like 
officially like maybe dropping the raw reviews <laughs> like they're there as a potential filler but the amount it's just not worth it <laughs> it's just not worth it and like engagement wise as well like i don't know because I've, I've seen other sites notice this as well raw is the least engaged with out of all of the like the review shows people just wow. don't care it's like it's just low quality there's nothing to talk about so why would you engage with it more like nxt well, at least I mean, is it, stuff it, to it talk about it is a three hour b show <laughs> yeah three hour b show and it's the writing quality that it's always been. <laughs> and now it's a B show. It's like, uh, awesome. Great. Yeah. But yeah, uh, the, the, like still, I'm not saying it's like an anti-WWE thing because NXT and SmackDown still do all right. It's just no one cares about Raw. Unless something huge happens. I don't know if Brock has been enough to inject it because I didn't review it. <laughs> I did a state, w, a state of uh, year review thing instead. <laughs> anyway, with that, I say thank you for watching, listening, liking, engaging in any form, any manner. Uh, always appreciate it, never take it for granted. One day I'll write that down so I don't have to pause with an um <laughs> to remember it all. Anyway, <laughs> with that, I bid with you adios. <laughs>